Oh yes, it's the it's a Wednesday. It's the Shane Todd cast. I want everybody to I want everybody to take your drinks. All right, if you got a, if you got a drink in your hand, and I want you to throw it up in the air right now upon listening to this. I don't care whether it's tea, coffee, water, Patron. It doesn't matter. Let's just have a great time. What episode of the of the podcast is it? What nerds care about that? It doesn't. Nothing else matters. You know, in the words of my favorite band, Nirvana. Nothing else matters. It's just, it's just podcast. And did my phone just beep? Yeah, it did. There you go. And it's Kieran Bartlett. Okay, it's Kieran Bartlett. Who's in hiding because all people do is say to me, Where's Bunter, mate? You know, where's Bunter from the Keith Cruz and Bunter videos? And, you know, the person to ask that question to is Kieran Bartlett. Who plays the character of Bunter. Um, it's a good time, guys. It it, it really, really is a, a good time. I feel I felt not creative for the last couple of days. So what I've channeled that into is practical tasks. I mean, not like not doing DIY or anything, but like cutting the grass. You know, I cut the grass yesterday. What else did I do? By the way, if anybody's going, man, it sounds like a building site outside your house. It is okay, and also you should know that because you should have listened to the last couple of podcasts. And if you didn't, but you're a new listener, then I like it, you know, I like it, and that's good, but um, also, also if you're any of the builders who listen to my podcast, you know, build quieter on a Wednesday morning, okay, or just drive a massive lorry past, alright, that's good stuff, enjoy it, uh, yeah, I just did stuff around the house yesterday, sometimes you just need a wee day like that, don't you, I just did stuff around the house, and then a man came around to look at my roof, and I've never felt more like a man myself because I, I held his ladder. I held the man's ladder. And that's not code for anything to hold his dick. But what happened was, this guy came around, okay? He goes, I need to get up this ladder, mate. Can you put your foot on the bottom of it? And I said, yes, I can. Uh, although halfway through, I was like, how much pressure should I be applying to this? Is it just, you know for peace of mind that I'm doing this, or should I be pushing the ladder in? Then I start to think, what happens if I kick the bottom of the ladder in, and then he goes toppling off? Who pays for that? You know, if he were to if he were to break his head or whatever, but but it was all good. And it was chat with a man who is a builder, and he was saying things about being a builder, and I was going, yeah, I know, but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know any of the things he was saying, you know. He goes, uh, I, maybe... Uh, Maybe it need, needs a bit of silicone around the frame. What do you think? Here's me. Yep. <laughs> I go, I know, I, I, well, thank God you said it because I'd been thinking it all week. Bit of silicone around the frame. You know, you can't go wrong, can you? He's like, yeah, you, you can't go wrong because if it didn't need that, then what would be the point in doing it? I was like, I know, but I just silicone everything. You know, my tits for one. <laughs> Imagine I got a boob job. Imagine I got my, my tour of money this year and did what like Katie Price does, what loyalist paramilitaries do, went over to Turkey, you know, which is not the plastic surgery capital of the world, so you shouldn't go to, you should only go to places that are, what people say about them is, they're the, insert whatever it is, capital of the world, you know, if you if you need to go and get um, life-saving medicine you, for your for your knee, although I don't think you're going to die of anything related to your knee, right, but... I don't know how um, science works, but, you know, if someone's like, oh, you got to go to Ecuador, and you go, well, it's the knee capital of the world, then you should go to it, but you shouldn't be like, go to Newton Ards. Why? There's a guy there who does knees. Is it, well, I mean, that is true, you know, paramilitaries. But um, I don't really know what I was saying, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I just always agree with when a, a man comes out and tells you something about building. And a lot of people might be going, uh, can a woman not be a builder? Absolutely, but in all the times I've needed a builder or a tradesperson to come out, it's always been a man. And I hope next time it's a woman. I hope it is. I hope it is, and she'll go, I need to put some silicone around this, and I'll go, I know, I know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, but it's all, it's all sorted. It's all sorted, I think, okay? You know, there's maybe a problem with my roof. Did I take care of it? Yep. What I mean by that is I phoned a man. 
I don't take care of things myself, really, apart from myself. <laughs> Hashtag self-care, you know. Um, I tweeze in between my eyebrows and brush my teeth, so it's all good. Hey, what fun I have had doing this tour, this stand-up tour. I, I, I have honestly just had the best time. And I think sometimes when you're traveling around doing shows, you can have nights where you go, I don't know if I'm I'm enjoying this show, you know, as a performer, as the person who's written the show and is performing it, you cannot enjoy it. Um, Last year, there was just a couple of times where, a couple of times where you have maybe two ones in a row that don't go great and you start to go, oh no, you know, but, um, but that's, and that's really natural, like any comedian will will tell you that, but um, this year, I've just really, I've just really, really enjoyed it, like, I, sometimes you go and do an hour stand-up, and you feel like you're working, you know, you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, like, okay, I've got to try this, I've got to try that, no, like, you're not saying it out loud, you know what I mean, because that would really, that would really uh, be awkward for the audience, if you're on stage going, I need to try this, oh, God, what am I going to do, uh, I, mean, I mean, it might get a laugh, but I wouldn't do it, I'm going to have a sip of tea here, bear with me. There, I, I don't know if I muted the mic there, but I hope that, uh, I really, really hope that it did, because if it didn't, then what it means is the rest of the podcast will be muted, and I'm not recording it again, because I've got to go and meet my friend Tony for a walk. So, yeah, the tour was great. On Friday, I was in Coleraine, in the Riverside Theatre. Riverside, motherfucker. <laughs> Worst song of all time. But, yeah, it's down in Coleraine. Connor Keys went on before me. It was a good time. You know, certainly some people might say, hey, man, with here's the thing. When I go to a venue, I like two things. Number one is fruit, okay, fresh fruit, washed in a reservoir. Um, and the second thing that I like is a little bit of music, you know, when people are coming in, a little bit of music at the break, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, what I like is a bit of pop music, I like something a little bit funky, um, in Korean, did they have, were they playing Dolly Parton, very, very low down, they were, was it still a great night, it was, um, so yeah, really enjoyable, got that one filmed, and then Saturday night was Oma, Daily's, Daily's Comedy Club in Oma, um, it, it was incredible, it was, when I say about having fun, like, obviously, you want the audience to have fun, but you want to have fun as well yourself. And I think Saturday was probably the right balance of, look, we were all having bloody fun. Okay. So, again, got a filmed. Who, who am I, Prince? Going, yeah, okay, a thin, creative guy, yes. But am I, am I a guy who's just going around getting everything filmed? Yes, I am. And what I'm going to do is chop up all that footage and make this very sexy stand-up special. And my MacBook has just that I'm recording this podcast on has just said, "Hey man, your disc's almost full." Um, so what I'm what I'm gonna do is just delete a lot of videos as we talk, as we talk, and you can you can even hear that going into the trash, but uh, but you know, love is love. Uh, yeah, the tour trip fun on Sunday we did a charity show in the Limelight in Belfast with about fifteen comedians on and. I I think Kieran Bartlett, who uh, was kind of running it, said that there was four and a half grand raised for motor neuron disease. So, you know, it that it's a nice time. You know what I mean? What's better than raising um what's better than raising four and a half grand for motor neuron disease? Not many things. You know, raising four and a half grand for motor neuron disease better than raising four grand. You know what I mean? So it was it was good, and obviously once I get because all the comedians did it for free, bar me. So so once I get my cut, a four thousand a four thousand two hundred and ninety quid, then there's going to be some money going to the motor neuron disease people. Um, disrespectful to say motor neuron disease people, but you know I don't I don't know exactly what the charity's called. But I've got a gig. Uh, you know what? Oh my god, 
I'm going to promote charity shows before my own shows here. Pride of Britain Awards. Not for me to say, not for me to say. This Thursday night, I'm in the Sunflower Bar, okay, in Belfast. Me, William Thompson, Rory Woods, Diona Doherty, Aaron Butler, okay? Is there more people? There could be. There could be. But I can't remember because I've just been in such a tizzy. I've been all over. Here, here's three places I've been this week. Here, there, and everywhere. Okay, I really have. From pillar to post. From pillar to post. And um, and why I just do it for the... I do it for the love. I don't have money on my mind. How did Sam Smith get like a full music career? I was about to say how did he, but then I realised that Sam Smith wants to be referred to as they. How the fuck did they... Right? I th- by the way, I think they is an unbelievable singer. I think they is a special once-in-a-generation performer, right? But if I was to sit down with they, I'd be like, they, how come you have such a successful career, but your first song was that one? Money on my mind. Money on my mind. <laughs> he's, such, he's such a brilliant singer, like Sam Smith. Oh, such a good singer, okay. But it, the first song he sings is... Oh, oh, wow. Do you, know what, do you know what's really embarrassing? Do you ever, like, have someone open their phone to show you something on the internet and there's porn on it from when they were looking at it and they're like, oh, no. And then you go, oh, what the fuck? Why are you looking at that? That's a, that's a monkey fucking a, fucking a post box. Um, th- this was not as embarrassing, but I had... Whenever I typed in YouTube there, it brought up the last time I watched on YouTube, and it was a general fiasco song, you know, so so I'm definitely a, a, a 17-year-old girl, um, but I think general fiasco were great, and last night I was editing a video, and I just started watching general fiasco videos, so there you go, and I think they uh, were a great band, and I know that they're doing stuff, um, they did some comeback gigs, and I wish they would do some more, because I think they're really good, and uh I think Owen is a great singer, and um, yeah, I think they're really good. So shout out to General Fiasco, who had for a band that like we're probably going for. I'm gonna guess five, six years for a local band. They achieved a lot, and they had some brilliant songs. So there you go, no worries. But don't worry. Money on me mind. I do it for the love. Um, I mean, I do have money on my mind as well, but I do do it for the love. But I just don't know how they, how, how they got a career after that first song. You know, because he has such an amazing voice and then he went into the record label and they were like, big man, we're really looking. And he goes, hey, don't you dare call me that. Um, they said, we're looking forward to the first song. Is it going to be like Whitney Houston? Like, is it going to be like a ballad? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to start off singing and then I'm going to go, Money on my mind. And they still went, fuck it. You know what? In the long term, it's probably going to pay off. But um, let me just have another wee sip of tea. Um, I think actually I, I figured out a way to drink tea there for the first time doing podcasts where you won't hear me swallow. Let me just try one more time, right? Yeah, I mean, you can maybe hear a tiny bit of swallowing. Um, some people get full roots to that, but um, I think if I really tuck my chin in, you don't hear it as much. So you go, what the fuck is this podcast all about? Well, nothing really. Um, but yes, the Sunflower Bar, it's a charity show. It's for a mental health charity. It's this Thursday night. You get tickets on the door. People are going to go, what time is it, mean? Never ask me what time a gig is, okay? Here we go. Oh, big round. Never ask me what time a gig is. You know what time gigs are? regular gig times usually like eight half eight nine maybe but what you do is you google it okay you don't ask getting ready for waterfront last week uh mate what time will you be on hey i am worried about other things like how can i make my fingers look smaller on stage because i'll be honest with you i got a lot of photos back from the waterfront that i got professionally done by the hype factory and I don't know whether they've gone in and photoshopped my fingers to be longer. But if they have, it's good banter. But at the same time, so sly. 
Um, then I am doing a, a night in the Empire with um. Well, I'm just one of one of many acts. It's a music and comedy night. I'm just checking the Empire website. Uh, I'll plug these really quickly, and then I've got I've got funny things for you. Is okay. So what about that? Yes. Here we go. It's taken me a wee while to oh, I just clicked into a guy show that I didn't mean to. I hit meant to hit load more, but I clicked on a guy called Jake Clemens, and I don't know who that is. But if he's listening, I love you. Okay, yes, it's a night for Cull. So Michael Cullen was um, a beatboxer from Belfast and just a creative guy who was really well known. Um, and his friends have, have come together and organised a night. Um, and it's for a fantastic cause. So if you want to come down to that, it'll be great. It's on Friday the 15th of November. Okay, okay. And it's going to be a great time. There's music and comedy. So, yeah, that, that that's that's the plugs. Now, now I want to do this. I was thinking, I was talking to somebody, another comedian recently, about jobs we had whenever we were trying to make it in comedy when we had money on the minds. And, uh, you know, we were just trading stories about what bad jobs you had. And uh, I, I was a dishwasher in a restaurant, which isn't like that bad of a job. But it's definitely not as good as being a brilliant comedian. And I got thinking about that before this podcast. So I decided to research the 10 worst jobs in history. Just to see if, you know, being a dishwasher was worse than these or not. Now, I'm really interested in like medieval jobs. So the start of this says, bad conditions, bad pay, and even worse prospects. If you think that describes your job, see how it compares to these 10 jobs that will go down in history as the worst of the worst. So, by the way, I need to plug in my laptop charger. I've had to do this in the podcast before. It's very embarrassing for everybody. But, yeah, I'm plugging it in. And, you know, you just have to... Sometimes you just have to let people do what they need to do. So, that means we can keep... We can keep doing what we're doing. And... Also, on a side note, we're doing another series on Radio Ulster, but I'm seeing it as a new series. It's a rebirth because um, I've done a couple of series on Radio Ulster before, and I don't think um, I don't think I was giving you what I should have been giving you. Does that make sense? I was a I was a complacent greengrocer. You you guys want pineapples, and I was giving you figs. You know. And nobody really wants figs. I mean, like, old people probably want figs, but nobody really wants figs unless they're constipated. And you guys were coming in not constipated. You just wanted tropical pineapple. So what you're getting this time is a, a pineapple medley. Okay, and there is only one kind of pineapple, so it doesn't make sense of a pineapple medley, but it's different sizes of pineapple. So me and Dave Elliott are going to have a new series for 10 weeks on Radio Ulster starting at the end of this month. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a big statement here. It's gonna be really funny, and we're gonna be playing good music, and it's gonna be a nice time. So I'm I'm gonna say it's like a new series, it's different to what we've done before. Um, there's gonna be no sketches. It's just two idiots talking with intermittent breaks of music, and if that hasn't sold it to you, I don't know what will. And the reason I bring it up is I got a text there. I'm gonna drop a name from Stephen Clements. And he just said, well done. And I say to that, thank you. But I will say it back in text message form. Because don't know if he listens to my podcast. Now, here's some of the worst jobs, okay? I'll, I'll go in reverse order. Number 10. By the way, this definitely sounds like... <laughs> this definitely sounds like a Snoop Dogg album. Gong Farmer. Okay, Gong Farmer. Oh yeah, that'd be Bong Farmer. Oh yeah. Um, gong farmer. So what is it? So I haven't looked at these yet beforehand, but I'm going to guess that a gong. So to farm gongs, um, you talk about gongs as awards nowadays. People be like, you you want a few gongs for that? Uh, gong sounds like uh, <laughs> gong. I don't know if it's just me, but gong sounds like someone has made their dick perfectly circled. That would be a gong. You know, somebody's like, oh, I did I did have a penis, but now I have a gong. 
It would just be like a, um, yeah, like a bagel type dick, uh, and maybe a gong farmer, somebody who goes and tracks them down for people who are interested in having gongs. Here's what a gong farmer really is. The neighbours weren't so keen on the gong farmer in Tudor times either. These night workers who did the essential job of clearing human excrement from England's cesspits and privies were restricted to living in certain areas. The fumes were a known job hazard too. Yeah, no shit, that's a job hazard. Well, literally shit. Um, So a gong farmer used to clear shit from cesspits. I mean, if, if your job is clearing shit, you want to be doing it in like the Ritz Hotel or something or... You know, like a palace. You don't want to be clearing it from cesspits. Like, that's probably the worst place to... A cesspit. Where do you work, mate? A cesspit. Oh, do you do something cool there? Like, uh... You manager? Nah, clear the shit in the cesspit. And a privy. What is a privy? Privies. Um... It's a, a toilet located in a small shed. Uh, yeah, a gong farmer wouldn't be good, but it sounds like quite uh, exotic off the face of it. A gong farmer? I'm a gong farmer? Oh, sweet. No, it's really not. Clear shit. And they had to live in certain areas. <laughs> Sly. Number nine, a sin eater. Well, a sin eater sounds like something from Game of Thrones. So, I'm going to I'm gonna guess a sin eater is someone who goes around and murders and then cannibalizes people who sin. Uh, but what it really is, is through a contemporary lens, the bygone job doesn't sound too bad. The sin eater helps cleanse dying people's souls by taking their sins and rituals involving eating or drinking at their bedsides. Surely there's a high job satisfaction there with a little ale and brown bread thrown in. But in this day, the sin eater was vilified by the superstitious villagers as a thing unclean. I mean, sin eater, for being number nine in the worst jobs in history... Maybe shouldn't be because what I'm gathering there is when someone was dying, the sin eater just went round and had like a a soda and a cup of tea with them. Like, so it's not that bad. Also, you're not really going to get bothered if someone's dying unless they're like screaming, um, in pain. You know, they're probably just like passed out. You know, just slipping into death, and the sin eater's just beside them. You know, having a having a couple of sausage rolls and a pint of cordial. I I would have. You know what? I don't know if I'd hate being a sin eater. Um, so I don't think that's that bad of a job. Number eight, chimney sweep. I mean, come on. There's people that are still chimney sweeps. It's not nice to think that they have the eighth worst job in history. Oh, right. No, because here's what they said. Children were still being sent up chimneys to clear out ash and dust in the late 1870s. They risked injury, accidental death, and chimney sweeps cancer too. I mean, chimney sweeps cancer... Sounds horrendous, but then at the same time also sounds like it might be a bit of a game show. You know, and it's a game show that you do not want to win. You know, you definitely wanna you definitely wanna go out at the first stage of chimney sweeps cancer. Chimney sweeps cancer sounds like a children's cartoon. And it sounds like it shouldn't be called that because that undermines it a bit. You've got chimney sweeps cancer. Oh happy days. No no no, it, it is just actual cancer. We're just putting that in front of it. Oh no. Number seven in the top ten worst jobs in history, mudlark. Mudlark. I don't know what a mudlark is. Sounds like someone who, um, you know, gets himself into like a, a a big bath of mud and just larks about. You know, having a great time. Maybe drinking a couple of cans and um, eating a pineapple medley. But a mudlark is another tribe of nineteenth-century scavengers. The mudlarks would pick over the debris of the banks of the Thames at low tide. Back in the day when the river was filled with raw sewage, not to mention the odd dead body. Well, what were they looking for? You know, if, if you're going to pick over the debris of something, pick over the debris like the bins out the back of Marks and Spencers. Um, back in the day when the river was filled with raw sewage. Yeah, it still probably is. Not to mention the odd dead body. Well, I mean, the mudlark sounds like the shittest scavengers of all time. Oh, oh, right, right. I was getting... I was getting scavengers mixed up with savages, and I thought they were some sort of tried to be some sort of scary tribe group, but actually all they did was like pick up shit and bits of bread out of raw sewage. Uh, mudlark, somebody scavenges in a river for items of value. I'm a little mudlark. Oh. Hate those guys. I don't even know them. 
Number six is a tosher. <laughs> hey, we all we all know a few toshers. Uh, my name's Sean Connery, and I'm a tosher. Um, tosher? I don't know. A tosher sounds like someone who um, comes up and pinches you, pinches the back of your knee. In Victorian London, there was no shortages of bad jobs. The city's toshers, for instance, stank of the sewers because they spent their days scavenging for tradable treasures. Well, that I mean. E- Mm. Mudlarks are just going through raw sewage trying to get some food, it seems. Toshers are trying to get some loot. You know, they're trying to get expensive, nice things, but they're down the sewers. Um, yeah, to- I-, I prefer to be a tosher than a mudlark. You know, and that definitely sounds like a, a song that um, <laughs> some singer in the 50s would sing. For I'd rather be a tosher than a mudlark. For I'd rather be a tosher than a mudlark. Um, yeah, shout out to all my toshers out there. Number five, resurrectionist. Now, a resurrectionist sounds fucking class. Why is it number ten in the worst jobs in history? A resurrectionist. I mean, resurrectionist sounds like someone who literally brings people back from the dead. This rather fancy name for body snatcher. All right, did nothing to redeem the job. All right, so it's one of those ones where it's a really cool name, but in reality, it's terrible. In order to supply corpses to medical schools, resurrectionists drag them from the grave, and some even turn to murder to keep up with demand. Alright, fairly sly thing to do. You know, ringing up a medical school. Here, you just need a body. Uh, yeah, we do, if you, if you got a corpse. Uh, well, he isn't yet, but give me 20 minutes here. You know, and then they would get £5. Pound. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty sly thing to do. Like, um, you know, you just straight up murder people, and... Um, you know, to, to murder people and then sell them. You know, I mean, both, to be fair, equally sly as, as individual acts. You know, I've always said it's very sly to murder people. And, um, and I mean, oh my God, right? This is, I feel bad saying this, but I have like loads of files I don't need on my laptop. And you're probably going, how do you know that when you're doing your podcast? Well, I keep getting this message saying, I'm such an idiot. I've been doing video editing for years and I've never deleted anything. Maybe I should do that. Okay, that's more of a note to myself. Number four, a fuller. Okay, if someone's a fuller, I'm a bloody fuller, am I right, guys? <laughs> a fuller. Um, fulling is a manufacturing process to cleanse and thicken woolen cloth. That doesn't sound that bad. It was a job so bad that it was left to slaves in Roman times. That's because it involves wading in urine. A powerful cleaning fluid. Well, I prefer Lenore. Thanks to its high levels of ammonia. The Fuller's lot was much improved in the Middle Ages when Fuller's Earth replaced urine as the cleanser of choice. Um, I don't really know what that involves, slaves and piss. Um, no one's winning there. Number three, whipping boy. I mean, that that's definitely the job I would have had in Victorian times, is a whipping boy. I'm off to work here. What do you do, whipping boy? How does the role of companion to the to Renaissance prince strike your fancy? Yes. Yep. I would do that now. I'd quit stand-up to be a companion to a Renaissance prince. Not a problem. Because you wouldn't have the pressure of being the Renaissance prince. You're just his mate. That may sound like a cushy number. But the prince's playmate was also his whipping boy. The stand-in who take the finish, physical punishment meted out whenever the prince was naughty. <laughs> So the prince is going up to people being like, here, do you want to be my mate? Yeah, yeah, sounds good, you're the prince. Yeah, you're going to travel around with me. We're going to have a great time. You're basically like hanging out in my palace. Class. Um, I should just point out, yeah, what is it, prince? What is it? Uh, I should just point out that um, I nicked a jar of jam from my dad earlier. So you're going to get 6,000 lashes and your leg cut off, but you need to do that for me. But I thought I was a companion to the Renaissance prince. If you look in the small print, you're you're the whipping boy. Alright, okay. But um maybe it was just if it was just a little whip to the backside, some of the whipping boys were loving it. You know, whipping boy's a good job if you're like say eighteen to twenty one. But I feel like once you hit twenty two, you can't really be a whipping boy anymore. You know, you wouldn't get the respect. If you're maybe up and maybe you see the whipping boy post as a stepping stone. But uh, you can't be like a 47-year-old whipping boy. You wouldn't respect your dad if he was going to work as a whipping boy. 
Uh, but your dad's a wooden boy. Yeah. Number two is Snake Milker. I mean, Snake Milker sounds like a Drake album name. While we're on dangerous jobs, here's one that still exists today. Snakes have long been, been milked for their venom, which is then used to create ant, anti-venom to treat snake bites. One renowned milker, Bill Haste. Alright, Bill Haste, you're a renowned milker. That sounds like such an insult. You're a renowned milker. He survived 172 venomous snake bites during his long career and lived to 100. I mean, what a dick for counting. I've actually been bitten 172 times here. Alright, Bill, fuck up. He probably lived that long because he just he was on a mission to tell as many people as possible about that. Number one, the worst job in history, leech collector. I mean, not ideal. Not ideal. Not something I'd be that interested in becoming. Um, until the late 19th century, leeches were high in demand for medicinal bloodletting, the withdrawal of very small amounts of blood from a patient as therapy. Despite the demand, leech gatherers were poorly paid. Yeah, no shit, it doesn't sound like you'd be balling out if you're a leech collector. Worse still, they often collected the leeches by letting them latch onto their own legs. <laughs> a practice through which they can lose dangerous amounts of blood. I mean, it'd be like that was just one guy who was so fucked off. He's like, I may as well just let them get on my legs. You know, just walking back to, walking back to land, head to toe in leeches. Um, so they're apparently the 10 worst jobs in history. I would like to be the whipping boy. Um, but if I couldn't be, I'd probably be the sin eater. And the one I would hate to be the most would probably be probably be the gong farmer. Okay, so um, gong farmer definitely the name of this week's podcast. Definitely, definitely, definitely the name of this week's podcast. Um, I'm gonna do some listeners' questions. Okay, I'm gonna do some listeners' questions. Hopefully, there is some because I only put the call for these out twenty minutes ago. Hey. Uh, Oh yeah, we got some. Oh, we got some. Don't anybody worry about that. We got some. Yep, 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 yep. Johnny says, have you heard about Ari dosing Bert? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I don't know what that is. Ari and Bert are two different people. I don't know who that is. Oh, fuck yes. I know exactly who that is. Um, Ari Shafir and Bert Kreiser. Yes. So, um, Ari Shafir and Bert Kreiser are two phenomenal comedians to american comedians um and they they're they do joe rogan's podcast quite a lot like the, well they have their own podcast but they're good mates with joe rogan and they're part of this like collective of comedians that um you know do shows together and just are mates i think and a bit like what we have going on in the belfast comedy scene here except none of us have over you know, 400 quid on our bank accounts, that's a lie, that's a lie, you know, Dave Elliott has 420, um, but they, they, they do a thing called Sober October, which is, loads of people do it, but they like, you know, do a load of podcasts about it, document all they're doing, sort of like roast each other as well, and Ari Shafir, who, by the way, I went to see once in Edinburgh, and he... There was nobody on the slot. So in Edinburgh, you get a one-hour slot usually. But there was nobody on after him in his room. So he's just like, do you want me to just do two hours? And everybody went, yes. Yes, we do. Do we need to pay extra? And he goes, no, I'll just do it. And it was great. Um, and Burke Kreiser, me and Aaron Butler went to see in Dublin. You might know Burke Kreiser because he doesn't wear a shirt doing stand-up. And he, he is really well-known for uh, well, the clip, the kind of, I think, launched him even further was the machine story so if you haven't seen that youtube burke kreiser and the machine phenomenal storytelling bit of stand-up anyway have i heard about what happened yes from listening to the two bears podcast which is burke kreiser and tom segura i think ari shafir uh spiked burke kreiser as they did a podcast as they did joe rogan's podcast maybe i don't know and i'm I'm slightly behind with podcasts, just a little bit, so I had to probably listen to it, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think he spiked them with, like, literal drugs for a bit of a laugh. Um, my thoughts on that are um, kind of irrelevant because I don't, I don't know them. I don't know what their, what their friendship is. I mean, I think they're really, really good friends, but... 
you know, every every friendship you have has a different like dynamic. Some friends, you know, most friends you probably can't spike them with drugs, but there's maybe a few friends where you're like, you know what? He would love that. He would love it. With me, it's Dave Elliott. You know, um, yeah. Would it be funny if like the next time Dave goes on stage if I just spiked him with like six Viagra? Yes, it would. And yes, I'm gonna do it. Um. I don't know, you would need to know exactly what their friendship is, like have they done that sort of thing back and forth before, were they in an environment where it's like, you know what, nothing bad's going to happen to him here, um, I don't know, I, I, I really don't know, if if Bert Kreiser wasn't horrified or offended by it or whatever and thought it was funny, then, I mean off the face of it, is spiking somebody funny, absolutely not, but if it's between friends, uh <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I need to listen to the podcast or find out more about it, but uh, I don't know, I've heard about comedians doing that before, I think. Um, I want to say I heard it on a podcast, but I can't say who it was, they're not based here anyway, but um, I think a comedian put an E in another comedian's drink before he went on stage once, but then the guy who he did it to, his best mate, was like, fuck you, I don't care, and still did a good gig, so I don't know, I mean... I feel like if somebody put, you know, if somebody put a a, um, a small amount of monster energy drink in my water before I went on stage, I feel like I might pass out on stage. So I hope nobody, none of my mates spike me with drugs before I go on stage. I would hate that. But um, I don't know, Johnny, I need to hear more about it. What a terrible answer. I mean, completely valid question. And all I've really answered with is, I, I, don't, I don't know, because I don't know them. Um... There's a clip on YouTube here. Let me see. So it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, uh, I need to watch it. I need to watch the full thing. Uh, maybe I'll watch that next week and talk about it. But though that sort of group of comedians out there are just great, you know, the way they, they all have their own podcast, they kind of do stuff together, but then they're known as themselves, um, it's kind of what's, what's, what's happening here, which is great, um, you know, Sunday was good evan- evidence of that, of, you know, loads of comedians on the bill, but we're, we're friends, first and foremost, and, uh, you know, n- n- we're kind of like, we're not, okay, we, we got to know each other because of comedy, but, but we're mates because of so much more. Uh, Michael Boyd says, "What's your prediction for the Holland game? Holland, Northern Ireland." Um, I would, I, I would be really optimistic about a one-all draw. I think would be class. I'm sad I can't go to it, but um, I tried to go to the game, but it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Where's my whipping boy? Uh, but yeah, I hope we get a result. Jim McGuire says, who's Big Decky Donnelly's toughest opponent? I mean, very niche. You know, very, very niche. Because Decky Donnelly is fictional. Um, but I'll make up a name. Um, Big Decky Donnelly is toughest one. It was we. Uh, we William Winkerton. Okay, so we William Winkerton. There you go. Jared Watson. When are you going to scare your dad again? I can't for a while because my dad, because of time, has got older. And, you know, my dad does have, like, quite a dodgy heart. And it's not getting sweeter. You know, one thing that I've discovered about hearts that I didn't know is the kind of... If someone has a bad heart and then, you know, they get older, it doesn't improve. So, I could keep scaring my dad like I'm doing. Or I could save it for a while. And then do one big one. And yes, it might be fatal. But if it was really, really funny, it might be worth it. I don't know. Um, but Jared, it seems like some people want to bring it back. Um, and I will. Oh, Jared, I didn't. This is a mad sentence. I didn't know you were Jared. I looked at your picture and I was like, yeah. Shout out to Jared Watson. Um, yeah, what a guy. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I, I will. I will scare my dad again. I'll definitely scare my dad again. Callum Robinson says, Tyson Fury versus Wayne Rooney, WWE Raw, chat to me. Um, so I don't watch wrestling because I'm uh, an adult and 
triggered six guys. I, de- I mean, there's definitely more than six guys who listen to my podcast that like wrestling, but um, but they hate that. Well, uh, you watch documentaries, don't you? You you watch TV dramas, same thing. Mm, isn't. But yeah, I used to love wrestling, by the way. Um, and even now, if if WrestleMania was on at seven p.m. once a year, I would watch it. If the Royal Rumble was on a Sunday morning at ten o'clock, we'd watch it. But um, but I saw Tyson Fury was on WWE having a bit of a fight. I think that's that's good. That's good crack. Like he he is a big character, and uh, and can talk on the mic, which seems to be like one thing that there isn't many of them in wrestling that can do that well. So I think Tyson Fury should keep boxing for another four years. He should try and just beat everyone because he is an unbelievable boxer. And then I think he should go to WWE and just enjoy himself. I think he'd fit in really well. Nick Boyd says, big question, Eddie Rockets or five guys? I'm going to go five guys because I'm I'm not well versed enough in Eddie Rockets. I've been a couple of times, but I feel like I don't know what the big thing is there. Five guys, I know it's burgers and, and chips. But um, with Eddie Rockets, there's a bit too much on the menu. You know, I like places that just are what they are. Um, so I would go. I would probably go Five Guys, and Five Guys is dear, right? But fuck up about it. You know, but, well, it's 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 eight pound for a burger. No one's no one's going in at gunpoint. No one's being dragged into Five Guys at gunpoint. Open your wallet, eat that burger. You know, um. So I I go five guys. It is dear, but I think it's delicious. And is it is there four stone of salt in all your meals? Yep, but it's delicious. And uh, I'm sad that I can't have gluten free burger buns with the five guys. But uh, but it's fine. I'm going out to America. I talked about it last week. Probably going to talk about it every week in the podcast to do shows in Boston, Philadelphia, and Chicago. So I'm looking to have some juicy burgers when I'm out there and then to balance it out also loads of vegan food so mad shout but if anybody's living in or spent time in Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago and you went to either an unbelievable burger place ideally somewhere that isn't a franchise I want someone to be like hey you gotta check out Wise Guys Burgers it's under the pier you know I like I like that sort of stuff um, or or you know a really nice vegan place in any of them places let me know so if right enough, if you know people that live Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, or you're based out there, or you're gonna be there, whatever, I'm doing shows at the start of November on the I hope I've got these dates right. On the sixth of November, I'm gonna be in Boston doing my solo show in the Ellis Room. Okay, which is in Boston. Yeah, sixth of November, the Ellis Room. On the seventh of November, I'm gonna be in Galway Bay Bar in Chicago. Galway. Galway Bay Bar, Bar Bar Bay Bar, uh, and on the 10th of November, I'm going to be in Sona Pub and Kitchen in Philadelphia, in the streets of Philadelphia, so I would like it if uh, if people came to those, because if not, it, you know, it's just going to be embarrassing, so um, so let me know, if you know people out there or whatever, we'll, we'll probably get a ticket, ticket link up this week, and uh, and and that'll be great. I can't wait. I've never been to any of those places before, so I'm absolutely buzzing to to go out and spend a bit of time there. And I think Philadelphia is the only city that I'm just there for basically a day, so I'm not getting to do loads there. But uh, but I get in early in the morning, so I'll go for a big walk. But um, Boston and Chicago, especially Chicago, I've got a lot of time there, so I'm looking to just hang about. I'm seeing what's happened. I want to play five-a-side football. I want to eat food. I want to go shopping. Okay, so help help me. Um, yeah, I'll get ticket links up for that. And, you know, I appreciate nothing more than when people sort of um, say to their mates, you know, I should go and check this out. Or people who send mates down to shows. Or even enemies, you know, if you want to play a prank on them and get them down. If you think they won't enjoy it, get them along. Because I still get paid. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, I have a couple of questions on Instagram as well. Giles Strutt 
the main man, Jal Strutt, says, Good morning. When when the man boy Cheeky thinks of his childhood, what's the first song that springs to mind? Uh, it's it's a niche one, but it's a song by a band called Dodgy, and it, it's called Good Enough. Um, it goes like this. I'm reminded of it because I went to the Isle of Man with my dad to see the TT, which, fair play to my dad, you know, I don't don't like motorbikes in any way. But he took me to the Isle of Man for the TT, which is a very specific trip, you know what I mean? And um, as much as I don't like motorbikes in any way, we had a really great time. And for some reason, I just remember every day he'd listen to Manx Radio, because that's the Isle of Man radio station and they do all the TT coverage. And this song was played like every day. It was an unbelievable summer. I must have been like, I want to say eight or nine. And this was the song that I just feel was played that whole trip. Here we go. It's so white, by the way. Such a white man song. Here we go. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for two, it's what I want to see. I mean, don't don't be that. I mean, I'm so annoyed that the words are that. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me, it's good enough for two, it's what I want to see. No, make the last word be do. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me, it's good enough for two, it's what I want to do. Makes way more sense. And I, I remember being, I remember enjoying the trip and loving that song but being so fucked off that it didn't say two at the end. And the band Dodgy, if you're listening, re-record re-record but yes i had a wonderful childhood and that song really um brings it all back thank you giles matthew mernan good mernan matthew mernan says bit of admin to start fighting talk podcast is great okay you said last week fighting talk and five live was a good show i said i didn't know it was still on the air i don't get to listen to it what you're doing is you're pointing out that there is a podcast version of it which is very sweet of you and i will listen to it Get yourself a Bluetooth FM transmitter and your phone plays over the radio. Yeah, I remember having one of those back in the day, but it seems like too much hassle. So, I won't be doing it. I will get a new car. I hope. Uh, he also says, thanks for the car feedback. Yep, I passed comment on uh, Matthew's car, um, which is the car of a 22-year-old hairdresser. He's called Kellyanne. Um, but no, it's better than my car, so good luck. Um, I drive a Passat. I drive a Passat. It's it's a it's a divorced taxi driver's car. Okay. It's a fat divorced taxi driver's car, and I do not care. I do not. I don't care for cars. I don't care for them. If it drives, I drive it. I was gonna get a nice car, and then I looked at my Passat, and I went, "What would a good car do for me, really?" I like the Passat. I'm going to drive the Passat until I can't drive the Passat. I'm going to drive the Passat till it won't drive no more. And that doesn't really go with that song. But there you go. Matthew's question is, as well as the radio voice, I'm also a big fan of your Stephen Watson. What TV are you into at the minute? So you like my uh, my radio voice, also a big fan of Stephen Watson live. Um, what TV am I into at the minute? I'm actually not watching TV at the minute. Whoa. I'm a futuristic spaceman. No, um... I just, I just haven't, I just haven't had the bloody time to watch television. I don't know. I'm not watching a series at the minute. We watched Surviving R. Kelly, and my conclusion of that is R. Kelly, dirty bastard. Okay, and I know some people are too afraid to say it, but I'll say it. R. Kelly, you're a dirty bastard, man. All right, and you should be in jail. And yes. You have some phenomenal songs. I believe I can fly. But that shouldn't be taken into consideration. You're a prick. Okay? R. Kelly, you're you're listening in jail? Hey, come closer to the come closer to the laptop that you're listening on. By the way, you shouldn't have a laptop in jail. Alright, how did you get it up your bum? Secondly, you're a prick. Okay? And I know R. Kelly, you just sent a big lorry to drive past my house there and interrupt that. But fuck you, okay? I believe I can fly. Still a great song. But, um, yeah, that's it. That's that's it. That's it. That's a podcast. Okay? And 
Yep, I've got two shows. I've got two shows left of my... No. <laughs> no. I've got more... I've got... Look, I've got shows, okay? I'm going to be in Enna Skilling. I put a G on the end because I can. Friday the 18th of this month. I can't wait. It's the Ardoan Theatre and tickets are selling. And I'm delighted about that. So... If you'd like to come to that, I would like to have you. I would like you to come. I'll be at the Galway Comedy Festival. People are going, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Am I doing a solo show? I am doing a solo show. It's the first year I've done a solo show at the Galway Comedy Festival. And it is on Saturday, the 26th of October at 9 o'clock in the Mick Lally Theatre. Tickets are €15. You can get them on VodafoneComedyCarnival.com. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to be in Liverpool. Alright mate, yes. Because I'm going to be in Liverpool. Hot Water Comedy Club, where else would I go? Why would I not go to Hot Water Comedy Club? Because it's great. And I went last year and the room was like a wee granny's living room. And it was smashing. It was smashing. And if you went and come back. And new people. Oh, fuck, I've just seen Colin Gattis on the website for it. No. No, please. Um, Colin's doing a show there. I'm doing a show there. Did someone say takeover? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Um, searching my own name here and not getting any results. That's great. That's fucking great. Thanks a lot. Hot. I think the date's the 3rd of November. Hot water, Shane Todd. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be over Sunday the 3rd of November. In the ground floor studio. Hot water comedy club in Liverpool. How do you get tickets? You shut the fuck up and you go on hotwatercomedy.co.uk. You search. What do you think you search? That's right. Shane Todd. And you get tickets and you actually buy a lot of them. Okay? And on the night you also bring cash. And you pay me again. I know it doesn't say it on the website, but that's the way it is. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the Shane Toddcast. If you want to hear more of these, you can. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole deal. The video podcasts are coming back. They're coming back. But I've been really busy, and that's not an excuse. But once I get back into those, I'm not stopping. I can't stop. I can't stop. Okay, I mean, I can, I have done before, and I probably will again. But look, let's enjoy it while it lasts. Thanks so much for um, for listening. It sounded like I was going to get emotional there, but I really wasn't. I just happened to take uh, a breath. So thank you very much for listening. This has been the Shane Toddcast. Every Wednesday, we love it. <laughs>